Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. I'm starting with what is admittedly a pretty crappy story. So a couple in Austin, they had a big problem. Somebody kept coming and stealing the packages off their porch. It wasn't just them. It was happening all over their neighborhood. So one day they thought, I'm going to get back at these people. And they put out a box of dirty diapers. (laughs) So they see not long after... They come back with the box, open up the diapers, and spread the contents all over their front door. Oh, no. Then it gets worse. They came back about half an hour later with a bunch of cow manure, which they spread all over the porch, rubbed all over their cars. Come on. Yeah. Then they called the police now that they're, now there's a detective working on the case. Uh, You want to hear a poop joke? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Never mind. It stinks. Oh. On that classy note, welcome to Tech Refresh. I'm Allie, Commando.com, content queen, filling in for Kim Commando. As always, I'm here with Matt, our magnificent millennial, our trusty internet scout. Matt, what do you have for us today? You know, today I'll be talking about NASA's impact with an asteroid, the best streaming services for all your sports, and some millennial thoughts. Millennial thoughts. Millennial Look at that. thoughts. All right. I am going to talk about maybe finally an end to all those spam texts. Oof. Uh, I have also got a good tip for you, inspired by one of our listeners. Mm. All right. Today's show is a little different than normal. Yes, Kim is not here. But also, we're taking a break from trivia because Matt sadly just lost our big contest. (laughs) I feel like you need a a week to just process that you're going to have to eat those olives. Yeah, it's going to be a rough one. Yeah, Matt lost. (laughs) If you missed, uh, you know, the last however many tech refreshes, (laughs) Matt (laughs) lost our trivia contest. His uh, buoy prize, he has to eat an entire can of olives with the liquid. <laughs> Doesn't sound that bad to me. Matt hates olives. Yeah. So, yeah, you Gross. should see his face right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also excited because you have a riddle for us today. I do. Which is a nice change. All right, that's coming up soon. And a little bit later, we have a special guest. I'm sure you've heard his name on Kim's national radio show. His name is Rico. He is a digital forensics expert. He deals with scammers, malware, ransomware, every kind of wear out there. And he has a pretty wild story to share with us. First, though, we've got the news. And Matt, I'm so excited. The Spaceman is back. Yes, yeah. I am very excited. This is a really cool story. Do you remember the movie Armageddon? They, there's an asteroid hurling towards Earth, and they send up astronauts to blow it up before it impacts the Earth and kills everybody, right? I just think of Aerosmith, but yes. Yes, yes of I'm. course. <laughs> well, they are testing that in real life. This is called the DART mission or the Double Asteroid Redirection Test. And this is going to be pretty science heavy, so let's stay with me here. Okay. Basically what happened was they wanted to test if they were able to crash a satellite into a meteorite, would it change its trajectory? (laughs) They being NASA, right? Not just some random guys? No, it wasn't just some guys in the backyard. (laughs) It was NASA, right? (laughs) So the plan was that they would send this tiny, it's about the size of a golf cart. It weighs 1,300 pounds, and they were going to send it on this 10-month mission towards the asteroid Dimorphos. And this is a double asteroid. It's a single asteroid that rotates around another one, right? And so it was smaller, gave them the opportunity to try to hit it because it was so small. 
they can test out this theory. This wasn't like actually hurtling toward Earth, right? No, this it's is just a out test. There. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Cool. It is seven mi- seven million miles away from the Earth. It, <laughs> just it is, a bit of a detour. Right. And it was its closest crossing to Earth in 58 years, so it won't come this close to Earth for another 58 years. So this is their opportunity to test it out, and this is the perfect one. So like I said, it was the size of a golf cart, weighed 1,300 pounds. Uh, 1,300 pounds, and when it collided with the asteroid, it was going 1,400 miles per hour. Wow. So that's pretty fast. And the 1,400 or 14,000? 14,000. Wow. Yeah, okay. 14,000 miles per hour. Now, this mission cost $325 million to complete. When it was first projected back in 2006, it was said that it was cost $125 million. So it was triple <laughs> the cost. Right. Now they it went the mission went perfectly. They had 21 contingency plans that they didn't have to use. They didn't have any problems. The big thing is at the very end there were photos taken afterwards and there's a sizable crater where it impacted, but they're not quite sure if they succeeded if they would be able to actually change the trajectory of the asteroid. So it'll take some time to see. Okay, so the the point was we're going to send this golf cart essentially. We're going to send it at this asteroid to see if we can knock it off course. Correct. My first question is uh not really a question, but doesn't that seem small? <laughs> but I guess that's the whole point, right? Like, how small of a thing can we send at an asteroid? Right. The idea is that if you can hit it far enough away from Earth and just barely, barely, barely nudge it, then it will change the trajectory completely and get it off course to collide with Earth. Gotcha, because the distance is just so far. Exactly. Yeah. Well, when and how can they even tell if this was successful? You know, NASA actually is tracking over 5 million asteroids at any given time, and they have over 300 asteroids that they watch very closely that could impact with Earth. So they are studying things that are 5, 10, 15, 25 years out to make wow. sure that they can predict these things. That's when they see, we see those headlines that are like, massive asteroid on target for Earth. And then, right. you know, the next day it's like, it missed us again. Yeah. Oh, look at yes. us. Yeah, they, they know what's going to happen. <laughs> uh you know, I don't think this new idea of playing darts in space is going to work. <laughs> Why not? There's just no atmosphere. Ooh. Oh, man. Oh, man. Sorry, Kim. That was for you. Okay, my turn. Spam texts. I get a lot of them. Do you? Of course. Like four day at least. Yeah, yeah. Most end up in my spam folder, which is nice. Like mm-hmm. they pop up for a second and then they just go to spam. Uh, and maybe you, like me, have wondered, why isn't anybody doing anything about this? Right. You know, we always hear about robocalls. But finally, they are, and they, in this case, is the FCC. So reports of spam texts are way, way up every year. It's just exponentially up, right? Mm -hmm. And the clever ones can actually cost you a lot of money. So it's not just annoying. It's like, these are really harmful. Uh, Numbers from 2020 say that Americans lost $86 million to spam text messages. That's a lot. It's a lot of money. And finally, 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 the FCC is going to start cracking down on these, just like robocalls. And yes, you may be saying, all right, all they've done for robocalls, I still get robocalls. And that's true. But there aren't as many and, you know, a lot more I at least see on my phone all the time. At least it pops up with scam likely (laughs) instead of actually getting through to me. Uh, The FCC has a few ideas about how to stop all these text messages. And one is actually requiring cell phone providers to block texts from numbers that they've marked as illegal or fraudulent just at the carrier level so Mm -hmm. that they never get to your phone in the first place. Sounds really nice, yeah. you know, not having to opt in or out. And yes, again, you're thinking we all hate spam text. So why hasn't this stopped? Why hasn't a law been passed? Why hasn't something been done to stop this sooner? Yeah. You can guess if you think about it. Mm. Elected officials they don't want to vote on this because they want to be able to text you too. Sure. And they don't want to get sued for it. Um, there's a lawyer. Her name is Margot Sanders. She works for the National Consumer Law Center, and she said, 
yeah, politicians themselves want to be able to send these texts without being sued. Of course. The only thing I get more than spam texts are political texts. So. <laughs> there you go. Well, at least we've got the FCC on our side for this one. Uh, just like with robocalls, though, it's going to be a long process, and there are many steps to the process. And yes, I know. Um, it's a little bit of a bummer because it's going to take time for us to see what actually comes from this. So let's pivot. Let's do something fun. Matt, you have yes, a riddle for us. I do. This is okay. a really good one. Okay. <clears throat> What is seen in the middle of March and April that can't be seen at the end of either month? I'll do it one more time. What is seen in the middle of March and April that can't be seen at the beginning or end of either month? So we'll give you the answer at the end of the podcast. Okay, my brain's going to be ticking. You'll have to remind us of it later, too. All right. Okay. After the break, we have some tech tips to make your life better. I'm going to tell you how to get your address and your phone number off of the internet And Matt has the answer if you are the person that hasn't given up cable yet because you're a sports fan. A little bit later, we have Rico Danielson on to talk to us about just an absolutely wild LinkedIn scam that I think everybody should be warned about. Stay right where you are. Welcome back to Tech Refresh, your fun show about all things digital. One thing I really love is hearing from you. Yes, you listening. Uh, This is a note we got from Pam. I love all your podcasts and newsletters. Thanks to Allie, I closed 67 tabs on my Chrome browser. (laughs) Kim, I've been listening since 2007. You've taught me everything I know. Thanks for reaching out, Pam. Uh, After you sent that, so this was a tip I shared on Tech Refresh a few weeks ago, I think, about how to close all the tabs on your phone. You know, we think about it for our computer, but your phone. So I followed my own advice. I'm a little embarrassed. Uh, Matt, how many tabs do you think I had open this time? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to go with nine. Oh. Is that too low? Is that too low? <laughs> 115. 115 ta- on your phone? On my phone. Wow. Yeah. So I closed all those out. Uh, closing them one by one is a nightmare. So a little reminder, if you missed it, you have an Android, you can actually just say, close all my tabs to Google Assistant, and then you just push one button and they're gone, which is great. If you have an iPhone in Safari, there's a little dot, three dot menu up in the corner. You click that and then you can click close all tabs. So if it's been a long time, yeah. if you have more than nine tabs open, <laughs> go and do that. Um, and by the way, if you want to share something with us, you can email us at podcasts with an S, podcasts at commando.com. Matt, your tip today is a really smart one because we hear from people all the time who say, I would give up cable, but I love basketball or I love football or, you know, how am I going to watch my sports? Yeah, it's always been that thing that people hold on to that, you know, everybody's moving over to streaming, but some people hold on to their cable just because they really want to keep watching sports and there really wasn't another way to do that. Well, that has kind of changed recently, especially because this year Amazon acquired the rights to Thursday night football. So now if you have cable and you don't have Amazon Prime, you can't watch Thursday Night Football. That's the only place to watch Thursday oh, Night Football. Oh, I didn't know now. it was exclusive. It is exclusive to Amazon Prime. Wow. So that's a big deal. And everybody's been saying it's going to be sw- switching that direction in the near future. So if you're dragging your feet saying, I've been holding on to cable just because I really, really like my sports. Well, there are some options for you that can help. Now, number one, like I said, Amazon Prime has Thursday night football. They will have that all season. I don't know how long their contract goes. I believe it goes for another two seasons, okay. but that's the exclusive way to watch that. Now, 
Monday Night Football is on ESPN. And if you have cable, you can still get that. But if you are only interested in Monday Night Football for some reason, maybe it's just <laughs> the one that you like, you could get the Disney Plus ESPN Plus bundle. And that way you can watch that Monday Night Football game. Now, if you're wanting to watch every game and you're interested in football, one of the best ones is YouTube TV. This is what I use to watch my football and my sports. They have all in market games. So if you're a Cardinals fan or if you're a Cowboys fan, Giants fan, they will always have that game for you on YouTube TV, as well as at least two other games that would be on normal cable. The other big side is that they also include the NFL Red Zone, which allows you to switch between all the different games going on and watch them all at once. That's really nice. Man, that's kind of annoying if you're a football fan to have different places to go for Thursday, Monday, and then the rest of the games. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, all these streaming services make it really difficult because they want to nickel and dime you. They want everybody (laughs) to have 17 streaming services and it to cost a buku bucks, right? Well, and YouTube TV is, it's pretty expensive, right? Yeah. YouTube TV starts at $65. Now, if you want to do premium stuff, it's going to go up from there, but that's the base price. Now they say, oh, you can get three months starting at $55, $10 off. But, you know, in the end, it's $65 to pay for YouTube TV. Okay. Now, there are some other options that you could go. You do have Sling TV, but this gets even more complicated. So okay. Sling TV has three different packages. One of those doesn't even include sports at all. And then the other one, there's the blue package, which is just NCAA football, no NFL. <laughs> Great. And then there's the black package, which is just NFL, no NCAA basketball. So if you're interested in both college and the NFL, you got to buy two packages, oh each of which are $35 a month. Okay, so... We're going to go YouTube. Yeah, YouTube TV. <laughs> and now if you're if you're into other sports, of course, there's sports other than football, hockey, <laughs> baseball, basketball. One of the best ones is called Bally's Sports. Now, each individual city has their own Bally's Sports station, and they have their own Bally's Sports Plus, which allows you to watch any of those local games for Ooh. those sports, and that's $25 a month. And that's not too bad if you're really into those. Now, s- some of them will be blacked out if they have specific contracts with a higher caliber. So like if it's on going to be on Fox or it's going to be on NBC, yeah. it won't be on Bally's. And so you won't be able to stream it through those apps. Man. Okay. We're going to have to get a list up on commander.com of Absolutely. all the ways to watch your sports yeah. on streaming. I'm really excited. Hockey season is almost here. Ooh, yeah. I can't wait. You know, I'm a hockey fan. You yeah, are too. I am. Uh, why do Canadians always beat Germans at hockey? Oh, <laughs> Canadians um, bring their A game uh, and Germans bring their worst. Ooh, oh. That's a good one with the double header. Yeah, I'm really sorry. <laughs> okay, my tip today is one to actually help you keep your personal details personal. Um, there is so much info about you floating around online. And I know that without having to Google you because it's true for all of mm-hmm. us. Uh, that's why we have a series going on commander.com called Opt Out Tuesday. Yes, we have talked about it before, but if you haven't gone and checked it out, You really, really should. So these data broker sites, in order to stay in business, they have to give you a way to opt out. Now, these are the sites that have, you know, every address you've ever lived at, (laughs) every phone number you've ever had. They probably have your mom and, you know, all of your relatives and and people that you know, your connections. And that's just creepy, right? Having all that stuff out there. So we have the series that's been running. And every single Tuesday, we put out a new article with the complete steps of how to get yourself off of one of these sites because they make it tricky. Sometimes you have to fill out a form. Uh, you know, you have to send an email. You have to follow up in all these different ways. There used to be one you could only get out of it if you sent them a letter in the mail. Now they have a digital option, but, you know, they make it hard. So go over to commando.com, search for Opt Out Tuesday, and we have 20 of these up right now. 
20 sounds like a lot. You don't have to do them all. I really think, you know, just go do a couple and you're going to be better off. Um, a couple of the big ones I think you should do been verified. That yeah. is a big one. And they actually control a bunch of the other people search sites. So if you do that one, you're going to get yourself off of the other sites as well. Hmm. So go to commander.com, search for been verified. And if that's all you do, you're going to be a little safer online. Stick around. We have got our buddy Rico up next to tell us about this crazy LinkedIn scam. And don't forget the answer to Matt's riddle. All that and more coming up on Tech Refresh. All right, welcome back to Tech Refresh. We have a really special guest today. He's a friend of the show. His name is Rico Danielson. You might have heard him on Kim's show before. And he is a digital forensics expert, which sounds very fancy. Uh, Rico, when you talk to people who don't know anything about tech, how do you describe what you do? So basically, uh, if there's a crime that happened or an incident that happens, we are the first person and the last person you call. Uh, we show up, we're the first to go, last to know, and we're, we're your first responder. We jump in there and we just put the whole puzzle piece together. Um, we, make, we make sense of what happened and we make sense of a mess and we just try to help you pat, uh, pave a path forward. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> me and you were emailing back and forth when we were talking about you coming on the show and you started to tell me about the craziest thing you've been dealing with lately. So you said LinkedIn romance scam and immediately my brain went like LinkedIn romance. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know job scams on LinkedIn and lots of other scams, but how did this one land on your plate? Yeah. So, um, you know, I had been doing a lot of, uh, you know, social media investigations, a lot of social media forensics, you know, spoofing, smurfing and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, so let's wait, take wait, a look wait. here. Smurfing? Smurfing. Yeah. So <laughs> you have smurfing, right, which is the identity of using something else. And then muling, which is basically you have a mule that takes you through the cyber program or the cyber whatever it is. So you have you have different things that actually uh, quantify and qualify you getting through the the as it's called the attack kill chain process. So, okay. It really depends how you get through it. Yeah. Um, so if I if I lose y'all, I truly apologize. No, no, no. We, I just smurfing is a new term to me, and yeah. I bet to yeah. all our friends listening. All right. So yeah, what happened? You got an email from somebody, or they reached out? So I, yeah. So I, I got reached out by somebody. It was um, a very very high level, sophisticated executive, right? Somebody with three letters behind their name, CFO, and uh, it was a it was a female. And this person called me. It was like, hey, Rico. I'm I'm in, I'm in a pretty bad spot. I need some help here. Can you help me get in the right direction? And as we started diving into it, um, there was uh, this person had been reached out by a threat actor on LinkedIn, and this threat actor was come to find out was notorious and actually um, their mo was to target executive uh, level women um, who were CFOs, CEOs, uh, senior executive counsel, board members, and stuff like that. And this person, this threat actor, which wound up being in Hungary uh, and Bulgaria, um, had a very, very good knack of developing relationships like, hey, would you, honey, how are you? I love you. You look beautiful. And just kind of placated, not necessarily on the weaknesses, but more so the insecurities, you know, some of us do have. Yeah. And um, yeah. And what wound up happening is this person wound up getting kind of... Um, kind of entangled and mind you this was over a year process wow yeah so let's go back yeah. to the beginning so how did this start i can't imagine it starts on linkedin like a dating app where it's like hey baby let's get together does it really yeah yeah so wow. this person said hey i love this how this is the original message yeah you're such a brilliant and amazing thought leader that's how it started sounds very linkedin mm -hmm. thought leader yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was 
hey, you're beautiful and brilliant. And then this is like just months of just compound interest, right? And then all of a sudden it was a matter of, hey, do you want to meet or do you want to like, you know, virtually meet? And they were like, no, I, I can't do that. And then it progressed into, hey, can I have your email? Mm-hmm. And then that's the worst thing you could do is give your personal email out, right? Right. And then then it wound up into like, then then the threat actor actually started traversing to figure out where the business DMARC was, which is, you know, where's her, her business connection? And then started figuring out, okay, she's with this, you know, mortgage firm, right? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start targeting that. And so simultaneously, this threat actor was actually hitting her up and the financial firm up trying to, you know, get, you know, penetrate the financial firm. Wow. And then also, um, you know, penetrate her, her personal business. Right. So that's how it started. Yeah. Wow. So by the time she got to you, she was in a rough place. So what was going on? Yeah. So by the time she got me to me, she actually committed two acts of, um, of service, if you will. And I don't want to call them criminal, you know, acts of criminology or anything like that. But unfortunately it was, Hey, can you go cash a check for me? Oh, right? that was act oh, number no. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's is effectively that's money laundering, if you will. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately you get, you get caught in these check scams or whatever. And then she was mule. She was being used as a mule to, uh, to do, um, uh, Vanilla, uh, vanilla, uh, pre-mech, uh, prepaid vanilla uh, credit cards to actually, you know, do some transactions and whatnot. And she thought she was doing that out of love, unfortunately. And then she got conned into sending naked photos. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. And so that's so, when she reached out to you, like, okay, I'm in hot water here. Well, not there. At that point, um, the threat actor said, hey, I want you to do one more thing for me. And... Uh, she said, no, she's like, I want to meet you. I want to see you. And he, and she, he, or the threat actor through this, um, this diversionary tactic said, oh, I'm in Turkish jail and sent this beautiful Turkish letter uh, via email. <laughs> and what? so that was actually great to us. And I'm like, Hey, actually I've, I've been to Turkey. I, I actually know the, the, the incarceration system over there very well because, you know, you work with programs over there and what like Interpol. Yeah. And so, uh, one of two things I reached out to an, a Turkish police friend of mine and I was like, Hey, do you, is this yours? And he said, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Look at those connections. Just reaching out to Turkish yeah, police. Yeah. No big deal. Yep. I, and then the other part was doing the forensics on the PDF itself. And, you know, we were able to pull apart, like digitally pull apart these uh, different type of um, pictures on the PDF, the signature block, the name, we were actually reverse uh, engineered the name that actually was somebody's real name. It was a dead person's name in Bulgaria. Um, and then on top of that, we we're actually able to find the metadata and also the IP addresses and the geolocal coordinate, coordinate locations within the pictures that they were pulled from. Wow. That's incredible. There's so many little clues left behind that people, even people doing these really sophisticated scams just don't know, right? Or they don't realize or... Or think, yeah, this lady's never going to be able to figure it out. Right, exactly. It's quite fascinating. And then the sad part is, this is not the first one, and this was, that was not the last one. It actually mm-hmm. happened to multiple people. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. four, uh, it was, uh, four more uh, unfortunate ladies who that they were targeted. You know? you know, we hear all the time, and we say all the time, anybody can fall for this stuff. And of course, people say, "Oh, not me. I never could." But I think this is a really good example where you know this isn't somebody who probably gets the wool pulled over her eyes often. This is a smart, educated, you know, successful person. And she got fooled, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this happens more often than not. Um, Anywhere from sophisticated people all the way to highly educated people, Mm -hmm. all the way to people who just in a bind. And what these threat actors know, remember, threat acting 
and being a hacker, being a hacktivist, and and just basically a bad person. This is your <laughs> job. This is your job to figure out vulnerabilities and exploit those and gain it for profiteering and money. Yeah. Um, the the threat acting community in the business is a twelve billion dollar business. That means invoicing scams, romance scams, credit card scams, Amazon scams, you name it, Medicare scams. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So at this point, he had asked her. Okay, I need you to do one more thing. And he also had kind of the ammo of having naked pictures of her. Yeah. 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 And so what? She said, no, we have to meet. And then what happened next? Yeah. So after she kind of pulled the ace card, said, hey, I want to meet. I want to see you. Uh, she was she was actually going to fly out to Turkey and post bail. And I was like, wow, that's wow. pretty awesome. Good for you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Good for you. Um, some, some of the things uh, was, hey, I need you. It was a really big amount. It was like, write about, you know, a fifty, sixty thousand dollar check. She wanted Jeez. he wanted cash. He wanted her to do. If not, he was going to and he showed her all the emails of our company, of everything. He's like, I'm gonna send naked photos uh, to all these people. Oh my Whoa. gosh. And so then that's then that's the cyber extortion, right? Now we yep. start getting to the extortion. We start getting to the ransomware negotiation. And that's when she called me mm-hmm. and said, Hey, what do we do? And I said, Well, you know, if if you don't care, then let the let the pictures go and whatever happens happens right mm-hmm. uh because i've i dealt with another case and the person that happened to she actually just made fun of it and there are naked pictures out about her about there and she's like it is what it is you're gonna see him eventually so <laughs> um but this specific one uh we actually wound up engaging with the threat actor and the way you engage with the threat actor for ransomware negotiations is, is a very methodical process. Mm-hmm. It's a six-part process, right? You have to understand their – before you even engage with them, you have to understand their tactics, their IOCs, their TTPs, uh, indicators of compromise. Like how – what do they use to penetrate your environment, right? Okay. Uh, and this was more so the the physical element, the human element, which was a phishing, spear phishing, right? Yeah. So more susceptible. So, you know – uh, cybersecurity awareness, cyber awareness, um, and more specifically, security awareness should have would have helped her, right? Yeah. Well, and, and for you, you, you to- can just like based on his tactics and what he's done, that gives you an idea too of how sophisticated that person is, right? Yeah, absolutely. It depends. Yeah, it depends on where they are in the kill chain. Because in the kill chain, you have 19 steps and 19 avenues you can attack somebody. Okay, and I don't make this up. This is this is a framework we all work off of. <laughs> yeah. What's kill chain? I'm, I'm, so this I'm is like super this cool, but I don't have a kill chain. <laughs> in my back pocket, you know? Is kill chain like the scam process, basically? No, no. So um, there's a organization out there, a nonprofit organization that actually created the cyber attack kill chain. Oh. And basically, there's reconnaissance phase, infiltration phase, gotcha. exfiltration, and it shows you each individual way how it's done. And so the premise behind it is not to give fuel to the bad guys, but it's actually to give education and awareness to the good guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you started talking to him. Was this through like her email? How did you, how do you do this? Yeah. So I asked for the email and then I also asked for a phone number, right? Okay. And so what I did is I actually well? went to... Yep. So I went to Walmart. I got myself a trace phone. And the reason I love trace phones is because the government actually has a back end hook to their system so they can subpoena the records all they want. Mm. Right. So what I did is I got a trace phone. It was an iPhone. I just downloaded WhatsApp. All the ones we're, we're used to Telegram, Telegro, uh, Telegro, Boxer, whatever. The ones we know threat actors use and they mm-hmm. said, hey, would you please communicate with me on this channel? Okay. And so when we went to that channel, um, I was able to get a username. Right. Boom. 
So because threat actors, they hate sophisticating things. They like to stream, streamline things. So immediately I said, okay, I searched and kind of did a dark web search on the user threat actor's name. And I was like, okay, I know now I know who this is. Wow. Um, wow. Yep. And it was a, it was a mid-aged person in Hungary, Bulgaria, which went, went back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and their, their whole job, their whole life, they had spent time in jail before for a uh, crime of fraud and scams. And this, they're just career criminals. Wow. Um, so um, we started threat acting. Uh, we started doing the ransomware negotiation. And at first he was like, I want a million dollars. I'm like, of course you want a million dollars. You, <laughs> of course. This yeah. is how I know you're an amateur, right? Yeah. Um, so you want a million dollars. Fantastic. And we said, well, what do you think you have? You know, th- we're going through the, the phases of, of uh, incident response, ransomware negotiation very rapidly. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you have to figure out how you're going to communicate with them, what tone. Remember, they're in the business of business, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to figure that out. And then, but the ad- aspect of it is the proof of life. This is much like ransomware and hostage negotiation is the same thing. I need to know who I'm dealing with. Um, uh, back in the day when I, when I did one hostage negotiation, you have a chance to ask, you know, hey, show me the proof of life, show me the person that's alive. This mm-hmm. is no different. Show me the data that you think you have, and then we can come to terms. Um, this guy didn't have much. All he has is a bunch of naked photos. Uh, and I was like, okay. And then had maybe a credit card or two, which was, you're not going to attract FBI's attention. You're not going to attract local law enforcement or Interpol. So I was like, look, man, hey, um, we, but he did have some business information, some pretty intellectual, and the business impact, if he would have released it, uh, would have made a massive mess, right? Okay. So, so it was said, a big hey. deal. It wasn't just like in the other case you said where the woman said, well, it's just, you know, they're naked pictures. I don't <laughs> yeah. want people to see them, but if they do, okay. In this case, it was a little different. Yeah, this one was a little bit different. Uh, yeah. That one I'll tell you a funny story on. But uh, uh, this one was like, hey, this is my reputation. This is my husband. My husband doesn't know I'm doing this. Oh, like, oh no. Yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah. So the the total payout was about 500 grand. Wow. And, yeah, uh, we negotiated down from a million to a hundred grand, which is, and that's cash. That's not insurance cover. That's not, wow. that's just pulling cash out mm-hmm. and pulling it to, through a, um, you know, a Tumblr and also putting it through a crypto wallet and then another crypto wallet to break up the blockchain. Right. Uh, however, uh, when we're following this, we actually did some blockchain forensics and we we're able to... Um, find out where it went. And at that point we worked with the FBI and Interpol and we're like, Hey, let's go get our money. And so we did. It, it took us about six to eight months, but we, because this person was involved in other major scams, like $10 million and above, they, they actually want to uh, attracting the attention of, of federal law enforcement. So yeah. you were able to get the money back. Yeah. A portion of the money back. Wow. Right. So remember, whenever it goes through a Tumblr and whenever yeah. it goes through a blockchain and this wall, that wall, you're going to buy attritional rate, you're going to lose percentages. So we're able to roughly get about three hundred ninety eight, three hundred ninety six thousand dollars. Well, I mean, a hundred thousand is uh, <laughs> a lot better. It's a hard lesson. It is a huge lesson, right? At least it's not a million, though. Yeah. Or her right. entire reputation wrecked. I assume like how did the did the business ever find out about this or was the whole point of having you on it is that they didn't have to? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, so for somebody listening who's saying, Rico, I would never fall for that. Well, okay. What would you tell that person? And what, what do you wish this woman and, you know, all the other people you talk to who get in situations like this, what do you wish that they knew? 
Yeah, just be mindful, especially on LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Facebook, it is what it is. But LinkedIn, remember, somebody has an agenda, whether it's benevolent or malevolent, right? They have an agenda, whether it's a recruiter in a day new, like, hey, I have a job for you over here, um, which they never get right, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're always or or what they're trying to do is like they they want you to do a speaking engagement or something like that. Just be really, really mindful. Take the extra three to four seconds to look at those hyperlinks. Where is it really coming from? There are so many free tools out there that you can take the metadata from an email and just run it through and say, okay, that is from Turkey. That's from Bali. Like I don't do business there. You know, why would I, why would I accept this? Yeah. Yeah. That's, we'll talk later. I think we should gather some of these resources and we can put them up on commander.com so that people can just know like, Hey, if I want to do a little more digging, how would I do it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm always big, especially, um, you know, people who come from me from the Kim commando show. I just, uh, happened to help somebody out a couple of days ago. Um, young lady in Atlanta, a very, very sweet person. Um, she had a cyber stalker and I was like, Hey, before I even get started, I want to make sure that you have the tools and let's go ahead and you and I, let's just work this. So I was spending about three and a half hours a week with her for mm-hmm. the last six weeks. Mind you, I didn't charge her. So I was like, Hey, let's, let's just figure this out. And unfortunately I said, look, you're seeing the results that I'm seeing. I can't give you the results. I can't magically make them appear. Here's the best way to go. So sometimes the end results just not fun. Right. Yeah. Well, and in this case, right, she had to pay all that money and yeah, she got some of it back, but man, what a mess that I'm sure months and months and months of stress and panic and (laughs) you name it. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy that there was no outside leakage of the incident. It just pertained to her eye and, you know, the federal law enforcement and the attorney that was involved. And, um, I hope the person learned a valuable lesson. Yeah, for sure. I hope so, too. Yeah, I, it, it's hard to imagine she didn't. Um, okay, so the moral of the story here is if someone reaches out to you on LinkedIn, they have a motive, right? It might be a good motive. It might be a bad motive. But read it twice. Read it with your most critical eye and try to decide, like, okay, is this legit? Uh, and then I guess if it turns into, you're so beautiful, <laughs> uh, that should send up your hackles. Yeah. Yeah, nobody on LinkedIn should be saying, hey, Rico, you have an uh, amazing jujitsu grab, right? Or like that. <laughs> right? That, that's kind of weird. Like, I'm actually going to get on LinkedIn. So I, I'm going to go send you that message right now. Okay. <laughs> and then the other big lesson, I think, uh, don't send naked pictures. Uh, probably just oh. ever, right? <laughs> yeah, I would never recommend, especially on, you know, those are private, right? You don't ever want to do that. One, number two, um, being a digital forensics expert, we recover stuff, even if it's a thumbnail, like we recover it all the way back. I, I was able to recover stuff from 1998 at one point. Wow. And I was like, man, like the, the stuff you're going to see doesn't surprise me anymore because there's so much metadata everywhere that I would never recommend sending a naked picture or even better yet, a video. A video is even worse. Oof. Okay. All right. Noted. Everyone note that, right? We're not going to send naked pictures. Good. All right, Perfect. Rico, is there anything else <laughs> that you want to share with us? Um, you know, just be mindful when you're out there, uh, especially given the current circumstance in the world right now. Uh, you have a you, you have a current war going on, so th- uh, threat actors are on the heightened alert, and they're actually letting everybody have it. it. Doesn't matter whether you're Ukrainian, Russian, doesn't matter. It's it's like everyone's getting it. So just be mindful of it. It is uh, tax season coming up here real soon, so you can see a lot of invoice tax season coming up as well. Uh, dating apps, just be mindful of those, and then LinkedIn, please just be mindful. 
All right. Thanks for the advice. And as always, wonderful to talk with you. Rock and roll. Thanks, guys. All right. Next up, Matt has that riddle answer that we've been waiting for. And we're going to talk about a few things that our generation, millennials, are the last to experience. Don't worry. It's going to make you nostalgic, even if you're not a millennial. That's coming up here on Tech Refresh. Welcome back to Tech Refresh. This has been a big episode. Yeah. Asteroids and football and naked pictures. Oof. Uh, Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Before we get to the riddle, uh, Matt, it's time to put on your Internet Scout hat. Yeah. What are we talking about this week? You know, I saw a few of these articles that were talking about how when millennials die, there will be some memories that die with them. And <laughs> as the How desi- grim. I know. As your designated millennial, I, I kind of read through this and I was like, oh man, that is really true. So I wanted to go through some of these and we can talk about them. It's, it's pretty sad. Okay. The very first one, a memory of the world without the internet. I remember being a kid and there was, you know, you had no internet. You had, my, my dad had a computer, but I had CD discs that I would put in and play a game on the computer, but it didn't even have internet on it, right? <laughs> yeah. So these are things that basically millennials are going to be the last generation or are the last generation to sure. have experienced these. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, everyone listening remembers <laughs> yeah, a it, life without internet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. the second is the memory of a 56K modem booting up. Remember that sound? Of course I remember that sound. I remember trying to sneak onto the internet after my parents would go to bed and being like <laughs> trying to like cover it with my arms and make sure no one could hear it. They always heard it. It was nothing. Uh, remember the just massive stacks of AOL discs yes. everywhere? That reminds me of that too. I don't think we got internet, like actual broadband internet until like 2002 because all we would do is get the box of cereal with the AOL disc. <laughs> they it, were so. in everything. Everything. You could go get a burger and you're look in your bag and there's like eight AOL discs in there. Like, they're just giving them away. Yeah. Uh, the next one is knowing what a floppy disk is. <laughs> Today's kids don't use floppy disks. Oh no. I, no. I remember my cousins when I would go over to their house, they would have these boxes and you would open up this big plastic box and there would just be rows and rows and rows <laughs> of floppy disks with like games on them that were like two bit. Right. Oh yeah. I know. That, that is nostalgic. They were like primary colors. And, exactly. Yeah. I miss those. Next one is having to remember somebody's phone number. Whoa. I know. I still remember my childhood best friend's home phone number. It's still in here. It's still I in do my too. head. Yeah. 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 Do you know many phone numbers now? I, I know like my parents' phone number for emergencies. Like <laughs> <laughs> For emergencies. Do you know your fiance's phone number? I do not actually. Oh I really gosh. don't. But it's on my dog's <laughs> collar, so I always know that if he's with me, I got her number. Okay, so you either have to have your phone or your dog, and then you can contact your fiance. Exactly. I, I think you should take on a project to memorize her phone number. I probably should. Yeah, I probably just should. in case. Okay. All right, and the final one is a two-parter. Waiting for your favorite song to come on the radio Aww. and trying to press record right as it comes on. <laughs> <laughs> so you could have a copy of it. Yeah, exactly. Or even like calling to request a song on the radio. Oh, yeah. Aww. Just so you could record it so you could have it on a tape. <laughs> yeah. Of them saying your name on the radio. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we know radio is still alive and well. So hey, you yeah. can call the radio anytime. Talk to Kim. There you go. Probably requesting a song won't get you very far, though. No. If you call Kim. What about, um, remember the feeling of getting like a new stack of blank CDs Ooh. to burn music onto? Burning CDs for your all your friends <gasps> of like six Linkin Park songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember it going from like, okay, here's my tapes. Yeah. And then it was, here's my stack of CDs. Yeah. And then you got that big binder. Oh yeah. Right? That you kept in your car at all times. Right? Sure. With yeah. all of your, all your CDs and maybe the books and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then slowly over time, it became more just like 
silver disc that you had written a name on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Or it'd yeah. be like Matt's Mega Mix, and that would be like what I give to everybody. Oh, Matt's Mega Mix. Well, hopefully we're all feeling a little nostalgic now. Yeah. I know I am. Me too. It is finally time. The riddle. Matt, okay, you got to tell one more time. I will. I okay. Will. What is seen in the middle of March and April that can't be seen at the beginning or end of either month? The beginning of March and April. What is seen in the middle, oh, the middle of the middle. March and April that can't be seen at the beginning or end of either month? <sighs> okay. I don't think you're testing our knowledge of like agriculture or something, plants. Mm. I think it's something like 15, like the middle of the month. I'm going to go with that. It's the letter R, <gasps> March April. <laughs> very good. I thought so too. Yeah, very good. See, it's not just tech tips you can use here. You just got a riddle that there you, you can fool everyone in your life with. Yeah. And hopefully uh, you fool them all just like I got fooled. <laughs> of course, it wouldn't be tech refreshed if we didn't finish with a joke. So I've got a short one this week. Short and sweet. Why do ducks have feathers? To cover their butt quacks. <laughs> Sorry, my, my first story just really inspired that one. That I couldn't help it. I loved it. All right. We always like to wrap up with one thing we want you to take away from the podcast. So Matt, you go first. You know, this NASA mission was really, really cool. One of the coolest things about it is that they have the video of the thing satellite crashing into the planet. Yeah. So I'm going to put that up over at commander.com. Go over and check it out. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. It is. All right, my advice, go over to commando.com. So Tech Refresh only happens once a week, but we are writing tech news, smart tips, all kinds of great stuff, seven days a week. So go over to the website, and at the top, there's a button that says Get Newsletters. If you click that, pick a couple. Matt, which one do you recommend people start with? You know, my favorite is the Great Stuff newsletter. If you Ooh. like cool apps, cool games, little little tricks to using Excel or Word, this is the newsletter for you. Yeah, it's a good one. I'm going to say sign up for The Current. Uh, it comes out twice a week. It's an awesome newsletter. It kind of really reminds me of this podcast. We have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. For Matt, I am Allie. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week.